of the But Here We Go podcast coming at you from But Here We Go Studios. Just rained. It's always lovely when it rains in Dallas, except when the power goes out for a few days or hours or weeks or months. Luckily, we haven't had one of those lately. You know, when the power's just out for weeks. (laughs) (laughs) That's an exaggeration. I don't know if I've ever not had power for more than a week. I think it's just like two days has been the most that we have had power. Unless it's like in the middle of a, of a like renovation. Sometimes you don't have power when you start that demo process. But that has not happened to us. No, we haven't been demoing any houses or renovating or... We've never not had power unless we're like... For longer than two days. Unless we're out camping or something. Oh my gosh, this is... Where are you going? (laughs) But then, sometimes we do have power out camping. That's all. That's all I got. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. Okay, bye! (laughs) (laughs) Actually, on that note, when was... What was the longest time in your life where you did not have like a... like? Access to unlimited electricity. Uh, when we did our four-day hike from Cusco, Peru mm-hmm. to Machu Picchu. Yep. Yeah, I was thinking that. But was... I, I had power on my phone to where like I could take pictures on it, but I didn't have service. Yeah. And then we had battery banks, so we could charge them back up for yeah, just for photos. But, but just that for was photos. the most disconnected I've ever been. It was awesome. Yeah. Right. That was funny because I have a very good memory of us. Like we stayed like a couple of days in Cusco before starting the hike. And um, I remember walking out into like the like the city square of Cusco, which looks like it's from like, it's very European-esque. Very European. Right. It Cobblestone feels, streets. And to give everybody who has no idea what we're talking about a little bit of a vibe, Think of your small town, wherever you are, whether that's Illinois or Texas, or let's be real, our 10 listeners all live here in the DFW area, probably. So for all of those people, go to any small town that is just a little bit outside of the city, like Ennis or Waxahachie, their city center, instead of having the county courthouse in the middle it was just an open square and then a big church on one right, side but it looks like it's from like 17th century yeah, looks like Spain. it's from an older time right but i remember walking around and there were all these people like and they look like they were all like on their phones on their phones and they're all doing something we're like what something happened and then we uh realized they were all playing pokemon go and that was such a moment where i was like we are all the same <laughs> Because that was like the right when Pokemon Go had just come out. It was super popular and everyone was playing it, even in Cusco, Peru, in the midst of the mountains. And I was like, wow. While we were blissfully unaware because we were all disconnected. No, I think we also played Pokemon Go. We maybe, have, we had, we had, maybe a little bit right, from we had the... Wi-Fi, yeah. Maybe a little bit from the, the hotel. Right. Anyway. But I think that probably was the time that I was most disconnected as well without power and just kind of out there off the grid away. The most or the most recent? I think probably the most. Wow. Because even... I would have thought, like, not even when you went on your Alaska field trip thing with yours. Even on those, I would be staying in some type of man camp where... Man camp? Yeah, that's what they used to call them. Stop. That's what they still call them. Stop. Man camps. Why? I don't know. Is it because no women are there and it's just men? 
I don't know. I mean, that literally is the only logical reason why one would well, go to a man there camp. Were, there were plenty of women there. Really? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking no, about? <laughs> maybe not plenty of women. <laughs> plenty <but> of women. <laughs> a minimum 10%. Okay. But it should be called a human camp. Yeah, it should be. It should be called a remote camp right. or like a workforce temporary housing establishment. Anywho. That would be a long name unless you shorten it to, what did I say? Workforce <laughs> I don't know. Temporary Housing Establishment, W-T-H-E. Withy. A withy. Oh a withy. Gosh. Are you going to the withy? Oh my gosh. Anyway. Yeah. So even on those, most of them had Wi-Fi. Most of them had individual power hookups wherever you in your little tent. And so you would have these like tents that would usually have two bunks, but it was always, everybody just had their own and there would be like 40 or 50 of these little, little housing huts. It's a lot. Yeah. Anyway, I think this is a, this is a good little segue because while we haven't really been super disconnected from electricity and from the internet for any long period of our time of our lives, we have been disconnected from our, from our faithful few, <laughs> our strong followers. The, do, do our followers have a name yet? What do we call our followers? The Batiri-gonies? The Batiri-gonies? Goners? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> The uh, the Batir we followers. The Batirs. The Batir we followers. I think. <laughs> to answer your question, no, they don't have a name yet. Five dollars. Okay. You can never invent a name. Yep. So they don't have a name yet. But we missed last week. We're probably going to get this one out on Monday or or later, and I think that's going to be the norm now. We're going to start switching it up. Right. And why is that, Joe? Well, I don't know. Why is that? <laughs> is it because we've just gotten so, so good at talking to each other that <laughs> that we don't talk to each other well, anymore? Let's be clear. We were good at talking to each other prior. It's true. We were. I was thinking about this because like it's been, we've, it's been a little over it's a been year over a of year. making these podcast episodes. Yeah. I, I, we just had our our year two hit the hit the account right if oh you know nice what I mean. we paid for it um yeah and i was trying to think like are we busier now than last year and the answer is yes absolutely you're swamped things are really picking it's up busy work, at work wise anybody who doesn't know geothermal's hot right now <laughs> and renewable <laughs> so, energy in wait, general did you do that on purpose yes absolutely <laughs> Absolutely, I right. I I love That's sneaking hilarious. in puns as flat as possible. Right. You're traveling a lot more. Like we have a four year old now. Four year old who's in that school. alone. That alone makes life so much more busy. Right, but he's in school now, so we the, we spend more time with him at odd hours because yeah. to make up for school, I'm leading a BSF, BSF group, which is proving a lot. A lot more, of time. A lot of time. Super fun, but a lot of time. Yep. And then I have a job now. Yeah. You've got, you are like, 
Side hustle extraordinaire over uh, there. Side hustle. You just call me Allie Side Hustle Badir. Yeah, you are single-handedly leading but here we go media and i haven't quite decided if i want to share what my new job is on this podcast i'm a tad bit concerned like i could spoil something but that may be your call i i don't think you will i think they're so i i will gladly allude to it here while i was doing my phd there every once in a while for some reason you would hear these stories or you would be your your eyes would be unveiled if you will to the world of higher education and of peer review you would get these glimpses or these these rumors about somebody who had their entire thesis written by somebody else and you would see all of this like this stuff that people there, did that there are so there you would see these like underpinnings almost like dark web type stuff that is purely academic dishonesty wow but through all of that there would be all of this other stuff showing up of like oh if you have any type of basic intelligence and are willing to write you can go and and essentially write books for people who will give you thoughts and ideas and like tell you, Hey, I want to write a book about this. Go do that. Right. At first I thought you were like, like prepping me up to be like a super villain, but now you've reeled it back in. Yeah. Like it's, it is totally normal to what I would say there, there's these different levels of help that people <laughs> have out there. Right, right, right. Some of them are, you pay somebody to just like do your work. Right. And then there's other levels where it is a collaborative relationship, right. which I would say is those are kind of the two right. different spectrums. Right. So to fill in some gaps and it's totally normal. Right. So fill in some gaps, long story short, we won't get into it. I am uh ghostwriting for a CEO. However, the, the things I'm ghostwriting are not things that make money, per se. I'm essentially ghostwriting the CEO's social media comments and posts, which I don't want to say much more, but uh, is, is interesting, to yep. say the least. And, I, and I'll, I will jump in on that, that it's not necessarily that those don't make money. Right, but it's not like a it book. Is, it's not a book. But it is also, and it's hard to measure what exactly those do in terms of right, right, right. you can't you can't really directly trace back your social media presence to to like hard contracts. Right, right, right. And what makes this a little bit different is like it's t- technically like a freelance job, and so I don't have any set hours. And it's just like when this person needs stuff written is when I need to provide the yep. content. And so it's not necessarily super time consuming, but it's like stuff that is like time pressing, I guess, if that means yeah, there's a sense of urgency right. that ultimately what, what we call it in the consulting biz, we call it opportunity cost. Right. So there you, you end up having, because of what you're doing, you can't do a lot of other stuff. And right, I, right, I think right. in a, in a roundabout way, like that saying, even though you're not working a full-time job, it feels a lot more busy than what you're actually billing right. because you can't just like disappear for 
five days without for sure without but also, him I, my because like uh, so last year this is probably people, people may not at all be interested in this but whatever last year really my our our family other than your full-time job our family's only midweek commitments was jake was in school on tuesdays and thursdays yeah that was it okay that was it and then we had bsf bible study fellowship you had Wednesdays. you had bible study that you would go and attend correct now we have those three things but i also have like three four hour leaders meeting on mondays so from 9-11 on Mondays, Batirs cannot be reached. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, Jake's in school. Tuesdays, I'm running errands to make up for the stuff that I'm not able to do on Mondays or Wednesdays because I'm doing Bible study fellowship. Yep. And then on Thursdays, I spend the majority of that day doing all of the lesson planning for the upcoming week's yep. Bible study fellowship. And so last year, Tuesdays and Thursdays was literally me just sitting in a coffee shop reading book after book after book, hence why I got through so many books so quickly. Uh, This year's not like that. (laughs) On top of the fact that I'm still editing podcasts and ghostwriting, life just got really busy really fast. We we also, I guess we've been serving at Right at the job connection program for almost a year. almost a year now, right. but I guess when we started the podcast, we weren't doing that. Correct, and I wasn't and, on the and now you're on team. the directional Correct, team for that. I have a directional team meeting which is every more other Friday. Meetings. Yeah, right. So now I feel like I don't, and I'm like, I we typically both cook because we meal prep yeah. on Sundays, but because life is so crazy, and because you are out of town a lot on and just going and blowing. Long story short, we just don't have as much time yeah. <laughs> as we used to have. And so we just sat down a couple of weeks ago and we're like, look, we love podcasting together, but we can hang out together without doing a podcast. Without putting the microphones on. Right. Because again, this is like us sitting down for 30 or 40 minutes chatting, but then I also have to edit yep. for 25 minutes to an hour afterwards, depending on what it is. Yep. So... That's kind of the sh- the spiel on why I will say we are making this very dramatic. Literally, we've only skipped a week. We've only of missed podcasts, one week, and I'm probably gonna put this up to come out on Monday. True, so. true, but it's going to get busier. Busier. Hectic. I'm holidays gonna be, are coming up. You the holidays are, are coming up. I'll be out of town a few weeks. A Not few a few weeks. weeks now. I'll be out of town <laughs> during periods the right. next few weeks. Right. right. And so. who knows what's going to happen November, December time frame. Holidays. Crazy town. Crazy everything else. Town. Maybe I will be ghostwriting a book by then. I'm Maybe. I'm not. Honestly, I don't know how I'm doing this. Um. Anyway, do you have... I've got something I saw in the brew that I wanted to talk about. Do you have Ooh, anything that you see, want to talk about? Yeah. I want to talk about how I'm so busy. I don't even get to read the brew anymore. Ugh, devastating. Yeah. The Brew is by far one of my favorite newsletters there are. I signed up for this other newsletter thinking it would help my other podcast. It's like Bloomberg Green or something. Oh, boring. Get this. Every time I read it, there's just an ad for zero. Guess what what zero is? What? It's Bloomberg's podcast about reaching net zero. I'm like, come on, guys. This is stupid. I don't like your... This is Joe's thing. I do. I really like those clean, sleek, simple 
one word names for stuff, not like for a company or anything, but when it comes to podcasts, like a simple zero. I don't because it's hard to copyright. It's real hard to copyright. You're right. right. I was, I am also signed up for a news, though I may have. I may have unsubscribed. Like Cold Christian the, Brew? Yeah, yeah, the Christian The pour brew. over? <laughs> the pour over. I signed up for the pour over because I was like, oh, okay. Like, like uh, essentially how they advertised it was like uh, non-biased like news with like Bible verses and like encouraging, yep. whatever. I was like, oh, I'll get this right. Literally, not only is it like all the, it's like everything from the brew, but then they also like advertise for the brew. <laughs> Like, and then they give a little bit of a Christian twist. Like, like right, let me tell you why a bear market is the Christian thing to but do. Then I noticed. No, no, no. It's not even. Have you read any of them? No, I never got the. No, it's over. almost like they recycle, and they're not bad. They just almost recycle the same like little Christian tidbit at the end. Like, remember, we're called to be like gentle and humble and not quarrelsome. Here's this, and literally, it's like they'll copy and paste that, and the majority. Of the articles, that's what's at the bottom of it. <laughs> Which, that's hear me great. say this, well done. I just, I don't need two newsletters with the exact same information. Yep. Like, I can open my Bible. Do you remember when you were writing a newsletter? Oh, God, we don't, I'm not going to talk about it. It was great. No. I loved it. Okay, whatever. Let's now, move on. I just, I just want to point out, I really like the name, The Pour Over, because not only is it a play on The Morning Brew, because it's like... A pour over is a type of right. coffee. Right. But then don't you also want your cup to overflow with See, the goodness that, of God? I, yes. And like again, it's such a good name. Right. And I and hear me say this again. I think the pour over is great. I just think it is completely derivative of the brew. And I was just like, but I but but the the brew has more news stories. Oh, they've got significantly more news stories than the pour over. The pour over has like three. So maybe the pour over is like specifically targeting. These are the stories that we think Christians should care about. Yeah. But it was always like the top three. The top three. The first three. Right. I'm like, but these are the, anyway. Now here's, here's, here's a hot, hot take or maybe a, maybe just ridiculous. But did you ever, I'll start this with a question. Did you ever get into that? Or what am I trying to say? There was a phase during kind of the mid 2000s when everybody loved yoga. I feel like now people still <laughs> love yoga, but okay. it was like, it was the thing to right. do. Everyone's all about it. And I remember hearing like, oh, yoga. It's kind of Middle Eastern religion stuff. Like it's kind of bad. We shouldn't do it. And then there came out a Christian stretching routine thing, which was basically yoga, but giving it more, more kind of Christianese names. Did you ever hear about that? I, I've only been to one yoga class in my life and I was in college and a longtime family friend for some reason was teaching this yoga class at this local Dallas yoga studio, but it was specifically advertised as Christian yoga, Mm. where they only played Christian music. They did all the same yoga moves, but they changed all the names to things that weren't part of like Eastern religion. 
And instead of namaste, I th- swear to gosh. So I think, pray to the Lord. I think we said like shalom or something. Wow. Right. So like it was, and this is my only issue with that. I don't know. I just, one, I don't like yoga. So I, this isn't really a bridge that I need <laughs> so to die like on. it's not like you even. I could I honestly care less, but I think that there's just something really interesting about American Christianity where we feel like we have to be like battle lines drawn, like ready to go constantly instead of looking at things as opportunities to be winsome and loving and just interested in someone else's culture. Coming up with new yoga names. That's pretty whimsical. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean like what a great way to talk about the God of the universe who's loving and created all things. Then by going into somebody else's culture, celebrating their culture that God allowed to happen. No, it's and not appropriating it, but celebrating for what it is and then using it as a way yeah. You know what I mean? Like to redirect yeah. instead of being like yoga is evil. Yep. Well, where, where I was going with that. Oh, you weren't going into a theological. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't going into, I wasn't going into the debate of, is there such a thing as Christian yoga right. and is it the right thing? I was going into maybe the pour over is like a Christian brew in in the sense that like there are some people that have said like oh the morning brew is so great but it's too secular and so the pour over was like ooh I'm this is me like making a hypothesis but maybe that's like where the pour over came from is like they saw all these Christians saying oh the morning brew we can't read that because it's from the world and then they come in and say oh. Well, we'll just make a Christian brew, right. which is going to be the pour over. Right. I think it's a safety. Like, yeah. Like people, Christians. Once you add a Bible verse, it makes it so much safer. <laughs> well, again, like I feel like we have been raised in this Christian American culture to be so on guard against things of this world or things of yeah. the devil that we see it in everything when it's not meant to be that. And so when we put a Christian label on it, it just makes us feel safe because we're able to put our guard down and be like, oh, okay, this isn't something that I have to freak out about. I mean, you see that in Christian t-shirts, music, books. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. which is so ironic you say that because I feel like that is exactly how things like, um, like the price, prosperity gospel take off because you hear these things that right. that are antithetical to the gospel 100%. but because they're preaching Jesus right and Jesus wants to give you good gifts i.e. material riches therefore it's okay and that that's where you get into these these dangers no and that's the thing is that because we think oh we see a bible verse or or even, oh, hey, this guy is a pastor. It is the safe. We turn our brains off yeah. and we stop evaluating. But it's but, not always safe. But hear me say this. The same could be said on the uh, on the flip end of it is in like we could see someone could say something that is true and good and like morally profitable, but not come from a quote unquote safe Christian source. And because it's not coming from a a safe Christian source. Then it's discounted. Then it's lies or it's fake news or it's yeah. Right. And I don't know what you do to fix that. You know, I, other than like creating 
I don't know. Like, I don't know. You create a Christian version of what that guy's saying. (laughs) (laughs) A Christian version of what that that guy's saying. That was really good what you said there. Do you mind if I take it and then add a Bible verse for reference? Right. Well, I just, you know, as Christians, as you and I are, we believe that God is true. And thus, like everything that is true is from God. And so I firmly believe that just because someone doesn't know God, it is entirely possible for a non-believing human being to f- to find God's truth because it, we believe in universal truths. Yep. So like, and to speak truth, we should be surprised that they don't see it. You know, we we hide the truth because sometimes we don't want to see it. Well, sometimes the truth isn't convenient. No, it's inconvenient, as the great Al Gore said. As <laughs> the great Al Gore. <laughs> Sorry, as Vice President Al well, Gore said. Well, that's really interesting <laughs> that you say that, because I feel like climate change is, I mean, we talk about climate change a lot because of what you do, but I think that's it's really good example. It's an inconvenient truth. Well, no, I just like, if you're coming from a Christian perspective, like I grew up, like I don't remember hearing about climate change until maybe high school. And I remember like the vibe and not just the vibe, but like what was told to me in like the Christian circles that I grew up in was like climate change is a lie. That not climate change is, I was told two things at the same time. One climate change is a lie and not true and, or it is true, but it's part of revelations and, the world is supposed to burn up in fire. So we should just sit back and let it happen and not freak out about it. That sounds fun. Right. So those are the two things that I were told. Yeah. And so with the more, like when we discover more and more about the climate and everything, and when those facts contradict with those statements, it can get confusing for people. Yeah. When I just keep going back to when it comes to climate change, especially from a, Christian perspective, and this is the only thing I want to say on it, but if the world is going to burn up in 50 years, but we actually do have the opportunity to stop that, then I feel this conundrum of why not prolong what we think the earth can do so that more people can come to Christ. Wait, I just, we only have 50 years left? No, that's just like a made-up number. Oh, okay. I just made that that's up. That's a very soon made-up no, number. No, I just made that <laughs> I up. It's like, wait a minute. But like that, that is the kind of urgency that people feel like we right, have. Right, 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 right. And with that kind of urgency, it's just one of those things that do you want to, do you want to like eat cheeseburgers for the next 50 years and be able to live your life and whatever that means by sharing the gospel? Or do you want to forego cheeseburgers for 50 years, which means you get another two generations of people on this earth who can then share the gospel? Right. I think um, I was actually thinking about this a little bit today. I think what would be helpful, it's not a problem we have. I think what would be helpful is for people at large to have a better sense of history in their heads as in, like when you and I, it's it's very hard for us to think outside of the three decades that we have been alive because those are the only things that we've been alive and everything seems so important and so intense. 9-11, uh, Katrina, like all these things that are very major. But if you look at it and you zoom out to like the historical timeline of the world, 
like history of the world, it's n- those are not very significant events. Pretty small. They're extreme, and and also those are very localized to America events. And they and and they are they are significant. Correct. But, but on the time scale of like the world, not so much in the yeah, sense of like because like small re- little blips. Right. Because like I remember growing up, like something like Katrina or something would happen, and we would instantly start talking about the end times but then when you zoom out and you look at the world like clock like if i was living in the crusades in like medieval times i was probably talking about the end times too (laughs) and not even to mention like the holocaust like if anyone had the right to think that the end times were near it'd probably be like a jew living in a concentration camp well i'm not i guess they didn't believe the end times but you know what i mean yeah and so like i think it's really easy to get stuck in our heads of like Oh, well, like climate change, if it is real, then we probably only have like 20 years left. And that means that's fine. But we, in theory, could have thousands. Humanity could have thousands of Jesus may not come back for thousands of years. Like we don't know where we are at on the timeline of God's redemption plan. But because we are always thinking, oh, this must be the end. I've heard multiple people like firmly believe that like, and even I grew up firmly believing Like the rapture is going to happen in my lifetime. But what I realized is when I switched that mentality and started being like, you know what? Maybe you could. Possible. Anything's possible. But what would I do differently and how would I live differently if if I knew for a fact that it wasn't going to happen in my lifetime? And I think if we start thinking that way, I truthfully think people would be making a lot. I think they'd be making very different life decisions. If they weren't like, it wasn't YOLO, you know, of like, Hey, like I am going to have great, great grandchildren living on this earth. What are choices I can make now that can set up not just my family line, but like whole societies on a better footing. And I, I I just wish that we as Christians were humble enough to accept the fact that like, even like the early church thought that it was going to be their lifetime and it's proven not to be. So we should be humble enough to realize like, hey, we, we've got work to do and we should yep. keep busy until it's time to go. Yeah. Agreed. Anyway, speaking of which, you want to read the article I wanted to talk about? Yeah. What's this article you, you want to talk about? We're switching into news time with Allie it's and Joe. It's kind of Apocalypse Talk with Allie and Joe. Apocalypse Talk with Allie and Joe. NASA is throwing a spacecraft at an asteroid. Pow. If my... (laughs) This is is from the brew, and I just love how the brew writes everything. They're so funny. If Monday Night Football tackles aren't exciting enough, NASA engineers have a much bigger collision plan for this Monday at 7.15 p.m. That's when one of their spacecraft is expected to ram into an asteroid. The first of its kind test is a defensive measure to save humanity from Littlefoot's fate, if and when that becomes necessary. The $325 million double asteroid redirection test, aka DART, kicked off last fall when the spacecraft that's currently hurtling toward an asteroid was launched. I love it. And I want to tell you why I love it. Why do you love it? The thing that, that is underappreciated by by I don't have a good way to put this I guess the general public the thing that they I feel like they underappreciate is a great acronym that is worth 
Because it's darting towards the asteroid? Worth, in some cases... $325 million. In this case, $325 million <laughs> acronym. Yeah. It's a dart. They're throwing a dart. Oh, They're essentially throwing a dart at an asteroid and seeing if it does anything. Wait, well, this is, this is what I thought was funny. Because Little Miss Anxious over here, always planning for the end of the world, despite my... Uh, soapbox talk i just gave the first thing i thought in my head was what if they because it's uh sorry apparently this guy this at uh, the asteroid is like not it's not currently threatening us which is why we're hitting it so what if they hit it and now it does threaten okay, us so that was my first question and the brew came and delivered and talked exactly about that what'd they say <laughs> so impressed um, let's see, see. Now the 1260 pound spacecraft is cruising along at nearly 15,000 miles per hour on the f- final leg of its journey to crash into an 11 billion pound asteroid moonlit. <laughs> so big. <laughs> 11 billion pounds Called versus dim- 1200 right. pounds. Called dimorphous. The impact will be like running a golf cart into a great pyramid. Planetary scientist Nancy Shabbat said, do you know her? Nancy Shabbat? Yeah. She at JPL? She's a planetary scientist. Do you know a Nancy Shabbat? No. <laughs> you always give me. Okay. I do know a, uh, I think it's Douglas Schmier. <laughs> Maybe Douglas. Does he like no, bagels? I, it might be Paul Schmier. Oh my God. Okay. The purpose to slightly alter Dimorphos's orbit around a larger asteroid, Didymus, because engineers think changing a celestial body's trajectory could be the best way to keep it from hitting Earth. So no, DART won't make the sci-fi trope of blowing an asteroid into a million pieces a reality, but the crash is expected to form a small crater in Dimorphos and shoot about 2 million pounds of debris into space. And don't worry, Dimorphos is being targeted because it is not a threat to Earth. In fact, NASA has determined that there is no known asteroid large enough to threaten Earth with a significant chance of crash landing here within the next century. DART serves a secondary purpose. It could lead to a better understanding of how the solar system was formed since an asteroid is a fossil of the early solar system. So I guess they really didn't answer my question. Well, they did. They said it's not, there is no way that it could impact it towards no us. Abs- is it like moving in in the opposite direction of us? Well, that's what it sounds like is that Whoa. it's moving away. And now they're going to move it further away. Yo. Telescopes around the world and space should see a bright flash upon impact. But determining whether DART successfully altered the course could take weeks. Yeah. There's less than a 10% chance that spacecraft misses this target. I feel like when NASA is involved, anything near 10% is a very large percent chance. It seems like it, but you have to remember, one, that asteroids moving really fast. And we don't really... I mean, we, we know fairly well where that asteroid's moving, but we don't really know. And then we are also hurling this satellite at 15,000 miles an hour, is that what it said? Mm, so like that, yeah. that's a pretty big number. And now we're trying to essentially hit this asteroid with this dart all moving away from us. It's basically, to put it in perspective, you are... You're shooting like a very small, you're shooting an air gun at a. Like an airsoft gun? Like an airsoft gun at a speeding away bus. But that bus is already out of range for you to actually be able to know where the bus is. Kind of. That was a terrible analogy. Yeah. 
it was close enough. Received the attempt. So I also I also want to point out something that was pointed out to me in high school. Gravity. The the constant for gravity right. only has like three decimal points. Right, so like point six point one four seven, I think. That's gravity? I thought there was a five. That is the gravity constant. So the the gravitational pull for the Earth is nine point four eight meters per second squared. Oh wait. That's the acceleration due to gravity wait, wait, wait. towards the Earth. Gravity. The gravitational constant is like six point one four seven. This says interesting. What does it, it say? Six point six seven four three zero. But is gravity always nine point eight meters squared? That's what no, that's the number I not. always use in AP physics. Yeah, nine point eight meters squared. It changes depending on where you are Stop. on the earth, but it doesn't Stop. change that much. Stop. Does that also say that? There's slight variations in this numerical value to the yeah. second decimal place that are dependent primarily upon the altitude. I learn I bro. Because you're you further I away took from AP physics, and they—I mean, I don't know—maybe they did tell me that. It was a while ago. They probably I didn't do well did, in my class. because there was probably a question of like a man jumps off of Mount Everest, and a man jumps out of a plane at the equator. Which one goes faster, or something like that? Which right. one it was hits mainly, terminal it velocity was sooner? Triangles. And math to try yeah. to figure out yep. rockets but going places. That gravitational constant only having three or four decimal points, that is one of the least understood constant values in physics. Why? Because then you could. Well, just, at least no one's wanted to spend some great, throw some great It's just at not, that it's not, we don't have a good understanding. We don't have very high precision on gravity. Because then, when you think about something like Avogadro's number... Right, Avocado's number. Yeah, Avocado's number, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Or Pi. Right, Pi. Or there's there's another one that that I'm thinking of, but I can't... It's like uh, there's there's other well-known constants out there. And those typically will have something like 20 or 30 decimal points. Pi Mm -hmm. is... Pi is a like an infinite number, so it just right, keeps I going. Knew that. Um, who invented Pi? Or not invented, who discovered Pi? I don't know. William Pi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who discovered it. I'm not a math historian. Didn't you are you a math minor? Um You don't remember? No, I don't remember. I don't remember. But all that to say when we're talking about anything space related. Because all of that depends on gravity, and gravity in itself is inherently obscure to us and not well understood, I think that ultimately just builds in more room for error, especially when we're talking about things that are really far away, relatively speaking. I mean, if we can shoot it with a, with a satellite, it's not that far away. But just imagine, like, trying to figure out where... I thought there was no gravity in space. Gravity itself. Joe looked at me like I was an idiot. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I wish I had a picture. Gravity itself is the attraction between right, two right. different things. Right. So, so when things are really far apart... Right. 
there is nothing to pull you towards anything. Right. So there's no gravity in space. But. Unless you get sucked into somebody else's gravitational pull. Yeah. But everything. I've seen movies. Everything has that gravitational pull. So like if I was just floating out pretty far in space, I would still be affected by like the sun's gravitational pull is what you're saying. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, right now we're being affected by it. Right, 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 right. Everything all the way out to Pluto is affected by it. R.I.P. R.I.P. Pluto. He's still out there. He's just not in the club anymore. R.I.P. Pluto. <laughs> You've been kicked out. You can't sit He's with us. He's hanging out with the minor planets. <laughs> you can't sit with us. <laughs> but just imagine, like, trying to shoot a satellite into Pluto. Like, Why? we think we could do it. Just, just... Just think about it. You know, just <laughs> you like can't sit with it's us. like we're gonna destroy. You. It's just the, it's the same. Really small, right? It's the same reason that people like pull over on dirt roads in the country and just start shooting up stop signs. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why do you do it? I don't know. Is it just tr- think about it. Is it true that Neptune is the same size as, as the moon? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Some facts I don't know. <laughs> Hold on, I'm looking up. Cause I feel like so I saw that the other day, and I was like, "What? Same." I do believe that the moon, if it wasn't orbiting us, would be considered a planet. The moon, like if it got to be its own thing, yeah, because the moon and Earth have a very odd relationship. Oh, wait, the moon's smaller than Neptune. Oh, by a lot. Is the moon and Pluto, is Pluto and the moon the same? Um, I don't know. But the moon is actually, the moon and Earth have this, have this almost, um, almost like a divine relationship. You know, like when you type something into Google and it tells you like the most common questions. So the most common question when I typed in Pluto versus the moon (laughs) is... What's the difference between Pluto and the moon? That's a good question. And the answer is, (laughs) the moon is a satellite that orbits Earth, whilst Pluto is a dwarf planet that other space objects orbit. (laughs) I don't know why that made me laugh so much. Pluto is roughly a third smaller than the moon's diameter. So Pluto is itty bitty. Pluto's a small little guy. But this little snarky question, Pluto has five moons orbiting it whilst the moon has zero. And yes, the whilst were in there. Whilst. How does Pluto have five moons, but it's a third the size smaller than the moon? And the moon, or are we the moon's moon? We're not. I know that. No, it it orbits us. Wait, so why isn't Pluto a planet if it's got moons? Is it purely based on size? I think it's based on size. That's dumb yeah could you imagine if we based things on size so ridiculous i feel like a lot of things are based on size maybe but just the thought of it is makes me gross inside i mean i'm just thinking now of a lot of things (laughs) (laughs) just makes me feel gross inside sizes shoe sizes pots and pans no that's not what i mean Human sizes, <laughs> like what it's the difference between a little person and a person, anyway. All right, well, we're wrapping up. I think so. Okay. I think that I think that's a good spot to stop for today. So, 
Maybe you'll hear us again in a week. Maybe you'll hear us in two. It's kind of like a fun surprise. Like now it's just going to be like, oh, oh, Allie and Joe are back for some more, more couch talk. But here we go chatting. <laughs> okay, so cool. we're going to leave now. All right. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.